Hello and welcome to Beyond the Likes. I don't even know what episode this is, but you are just with me today. We're going to get on a really fantastic guest. Her name is Brooke Turner and she is basically just a legend when it comes to looking after postpartum women, but also women who are pregnant. She's a qualified nutritionist. She's an exercise scientist. I'm not even sure what that means, but it sounds very cool. And she's a trainer with over 12 to 15 years experience in the health and fitness industry. So I guess the whole reason why I wanted to get her on is because you know, when you're pregnant, you don't know what kind of exercises you can do. And then when you've had a baby, you're postpartum and you don't know what kind of, like, you just have no idea how impactful children are on your world, whether you have had some issues with your pelvis, whether you've got abdominal separation, whether you've got pelvic floor issues like I had. You, like, the postpartum period for women after giving birth is so important. Being able to look after a child but also make sure that you are in the right mindset is crucial. So they always say you can't care for a baby without caring for yourself first. And I fell into the trap of not looking after myself because I was so taken back by this tiny little fetus that I'd just given birth for that I probably didn't prioritize my own health and my own nutrition and it kind of comes back to bite you on the ass. I then kind of spiraled into a dark place where I was was riddled with anxiety every single night going to bed with Charlie. Um, I wasn't getting adequate enough sleep. I was like, my mindset was just all over the place. And look, that's totally normal. You are so taken back by all of a sudden becoming responsible for these tiny little newborns that you tend to put your own needs and wants on the back burner. So I, I don't think there's any bad feelings around that. But I do think that when you do put certain things into place, it makes your journey into motherhood a lot easier, a lot more enjoyable. I don't want to poo-poo motherhood. um, Motherhood? I don't want to poo-poo motherhood, but it is. It's such a huge shift in a woman's world. Even pregnancy, like pregnancy took me by such a big surprise. My mum always said that she loved being pregnant. And I was like, oh, like I love the thought of being pregnant. And then I was pregnant and I just hated every minute of it. And I don't want to offend anyone by saying that because, you know, I know it's, I'm very lucky and blessed to be able to have fallen pregnant in the first place, but I truly did not enjoy it. I, I had debilitating migraines and 24 hour nausea and I just get a cocktail of issues with all my pregnancies. I also didn't do much to help myself. So I never really did any light exercising. I ate like a front rower um, and just atrocious diet. I truly did what I had to to survive. And if that meant eating a meat pie for breakfast, well then so fucking be it. But I guess the reason why I wanted to get Brooke on the phone is because if you are a mum Or if you are pregnant, she basically will help to educate and empower you. She helps put things into place basically so that you can strive for balance, right? So you can put yourself under duress after you get that six-week clock off from your, your obstetrician or your GP. And you can be like, right, I want to bounce back to my baby weight. And, you know, there's this really 
fucked up mentality that women have to bounce back to their pre-baby weight, which I just think is so not good for a woman's mental health, especially if you're breastfeeding, especially if you're not getting a, you know adequate amounts of sleep, trying to put unnecessary pressure on yourself to all of a sudden shed all your baby weight that is so not necessary and can be very debilitating on a woman's self-esteem. You know, all your emotions are heightened. I fell into the trap of trying to do that with Charlie and it didn't make for a nice start to motherhood. So I took things a lot slower with Bobby and then even slower with Kobe. And I worked on the things that were more important than getting back into my size clothing that I was in pre-baby. So obviously I got my pelvic floor sorted. I went and saw a women's health physio for a couple of weeks there. Sorry, it was a couple of months actually. Um, I had some really hectic abdominal separation. I also used to wet myself consistently, sneezing, laughing, jumping on the trampoline. And you know what? As Of course I was going to. I gave birth to three kids in under four years and the last one I was basically like a toddler when he came out. So yeah, there was no muscle action happening down there. Stuff just used to fall out. So I made it a priority to just get myself sorted. I started eating a little bit better and then I would start doing little exercises in my lounge room. But if I hadn't got the first thing sorted, I would have been doing the exercises and I would have been wetting myself. So look, I'm not a professional at postnatal and the postpartum exercise and nutrition stage. I definitely did a lot better third time round than I did first. But hopefully by chatting with Brooke today, if you are a first time mum or perhaps you're a pregnant woman about to have a child for the first time, or maybe you're a second time mum or whatever, hopefully she can give us some really helpful tips and tricks into making sure that we are, you know, the best versions of ourselves and that we're eating correctly and getting enough sleep and we've got the right mental headspace and it may be like 6am in the morning here but we'll give her a call now. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? What time is it over there? It is um, just after eight over here in Australia. We're, yeah, light years behind the East Coast. I did. I told everyone that you were from WA and that it could potentially be 6.30am but you're not that far behind. No, not that far. Okay. You're a mum of three? Yes, I am. Yes. You've got a similar kind of age. They're similar ages to my kids, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. So my first is, yeah, about five and a half and then three and a half and then I've got a little um, nine-month-old as well. Yeah, nice. So you're crazy as well. Yeah, absolutely. You don't do a lot of sitting down either. No, no, no. I don't know where the day goes, like a lot of mums, I'm sure. Exactly. Well, I just had a conversation with my girlfriend and she was like, you know, I think you need to do, you know, be more active. And I was like, I actually don't know how much more active I can be. I never stop. Yeah. It's, um, and that's the thing as mums, like you, you underestimate like the amount of activity you're actually doing as a mum. Like we think of exercises, okay, I have to go to the gym or I have to go for a yeah. walk. Like it has to be structured, but yeah, you forget, forget about the rocking, the changing, the feeding, the washing, like the, the, the snack fish duties, yeah. yeah, like the cleaning, all that stuff. Yeah, it's uh, we're actually the fittest ever. Mums of three are just fit as, right? <laughs> so you're a qualified nutritionist. What is an exercise scientist? Because it sounds really cool. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. Yep. So it, what it is, it's like a three-year 
bachelor's degree in exercise and sports science. And then from there, you generally go on and do your postgrad in whether it's physiotherapy or exercise rehab or nutrition, which is where I went and did that. Yep. And as part of that, yeah, qualification, been a personal trainer for um, over 12 years. And then since becoming when I embarked on my like preconception journey and pregnancy journey and everything, that was when it really changed for me around what information is available out there yeah. for like new and expecting mums that is up to date, incredible, and there wasn't a lot available. So I made it my mission to create the programs and the courses that I have yeah. to help better educate and empower mums around exercising during pregnancy and as a mum because there's it's such a, like exciting but challenging yeah. and vulnerable and confusing time. Yes. So you predominantly work with pregnant women and then postpartum mums? Yes, yeah. yeah. So mums, essentially. Anyone who's had a kid, Yep. Yeah, like, like we're saying, I, th- I think that when we go, okay, who's postnatal? Um, and I think for everyone listening, like if you're a mum, regardless of how old your child is, once you've carried a pregnancy and delivered your baby, whether it's vaginal or C-section, you are postnatal forever. So yeah. your mums, like your grandmoms, your, your aunts, even if they're, you know, empty nesters and well and truly into grandparenthood, they are still postnatal. So it's, once you're a mum, you're in the hood forever. And that's funny because I, I always thought postnatal was like the first three months after giving birth. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm still postnatal even though my yeah. – Yeah, okay. Postpartum, yep. So postnatal is like that acute stage and it is, you know, there's different stages of it. You've got like the zero to six-month-old and then you're 12 months old and then your kids kind of go through toddler or like yep. kindy and like different stages to it, but you're yep. essentially postpartum for life. For life. Okay. Yeah. That makes total sense because essentially like once you've had a child, you're, you are, you're, you're a different woman and your body's different and everything changes. So it makes sense that you transition into this postpartum category and then stay there basically. Yeah, and that's what's so hard. It's such like an up and down, you know, two steps forward, like three steps back kind of thing because then we go through, women are so lucky, like we get to carry and deliver children and then we get to go through like peri and postmenopause as well and hormones changing. So that's why it's so important to understand a little bit about exercise like through your mum life and your, you know, some red flags to maybe think about yeah and sort of prioritizing I suppose like pelvic health and having that in the back of your mind because it's something that isn't spoken about a lot but it's something that is so common yeah and do you think that a lot of mums fall into this trap because I mean I know I did especially with my first Uh, I don't know there's this weird stigma that like women once they have a child after their six-week checkup like they have to make it their mission to get their you know their pre-baby body back I feel like a lot of my friends even fell into that trap and so did I with my first by the third I was like I couldn't give two shits but (laughs) I think it's it's a big thing in society which is quite sad it is and it's so like there's so so much input like you know social media um is huge like there's some amazing like information accounts and stuff out there but it's all going to be quite damaging for like a new vulnerable mum so we just need to remove that whole pre-baby body dialogue and any pressure that mums might feel about bouncing back post-baby because the reality is once you become a mum, like you're changed like mentally, physically, spiritually, so you're, you're never going to be the same again. You're a completely different person. Yep. But that isn't to say that you cannot and will not feel strong again, find your fitness again, love your body again because you absolutely can and will. Yep. It's just about doing so in a way that is like safe and suitable for your you know, your unique birth story um, and where you're at because that comparison trap can be so easy to fall into. Like we've all been there, like you said, 
whether it's mother's groups or friends or people you're seeing on social media, it can be really damaging and we all know that we can get a little bit desperate, um, whether that's desperate for sleep or like a quick fix or just to feel a little bit more ourselves. Yes, of course. And so doing too much too soon or, you know, chasing that pre-baby body, we just need to forget about that. It's not some unicorn you know that once we reach, we'll feel amazing. It's okay. It's our post-baby body now. What can we do to like yep. rehab it and and like you know, yeah, you can still get fit and strong and have a banging bod or hit goals or whatever it is you but want to do. But it shouldn't be your priority, especially no, after absolutely. just having children. Yeah, yeah, particularly if you're in that acute stage. And again, like you say, like first time around, you're a bit more you know heightened to it. And even for me, being in the fitness industry, like there's this pressure out there, whether it's real or perceived, like generally we're just putting it on ourselves. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I don't feel like anyone expects you to just shrink back into your old pre-baby clothes or anything. It's, it's, It's almost like pressure that we put on ourselves. Absolutely what you said. Yeah. And then like I said, like that's that whole six week check. So first time around, like, okay, I've got it. You know, be looking like this by whatever. And then that's so different for me, like 28 years old with the first baby and then 33 with a mum of three, I'm yeah. like, wow, this recovery and oh, this whole gosh. journey is completely different. And I found myself comparing myself to mums, like, yeah, you just can't do it. Was your recovery with your third different to your first? Yeah, well, my husband had a serious mountain bike accident four weeks before I had my oh, third. Gosh. So we had two kids and then I was um, already at, you know, some risk factors for pelvic floor dysfunction and stuff. Yep. I really wanted to nurture my those really early weeks of recovery yes. and it was you couldn't because yeah, your husband yeah. had gone mountain bike riding yeah oh, yeah my last little hurrah boys trip away oh my um, gosh I won't do that again no well we won't <laughs> yeah. because we're not having any more kids yeah but yeah even just finding time for exercise and my energy levels like it's completely different so that's just why we need to stop comparing to everyone else's circumstances because we don't know what goes on behind closed doors. Oh, absolutely. And I I took myself I took everything so much slower when I had Kobe, mainly because I couldn't do anything quick because I had two other children, but also because I just by your third you realize what's important and bouncing back in terms of weight and stuff like that. I feel like the the things that were important to me first time round were the least important third time round. Like third time round, obviously I needed to get my pelvic floor sorted Mm -hmm. to be even able to even start doing light exercising. But the thing I did the most different with my third was I ate so much better because I I noticed a big difference with my first. I was just, I think because I was breastfeeding and it was, I don't know, I was just engorging myself on just really bad foods and it just, yeah. it spiraled and I wasn't getting enough sleep and I just spiraled into a, a dark, anxious place. Whereas I, you know, put myself first a little bit in terms of the nutrition side of things, maybe because I was also cooking for the kids and making sure they were eating better. But I feel like that definitely helped. Oh, I'm 100%. And yeah, because like toast, like leftover toast crust and soggy cereal, like don't count as like a meal. whole complete meals, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that's the thing. If you're in between pregnancies as well, like you know you're going to have more kids, it's really hard because you kind of go through maybe like two to four different sizes as well. And it's like, well, if I get back to a point and then I get pregnant again. Yeah. And so again, for me, third time around, it's been, I've got forever to find my fitness and take it slow, take it focus slow. on things like nutrition and sleep when you can, like the more kids you have, the harder that is because day naps might drop and, you know. Or you transition them out of a cot too early and now the third one never sleeps in his own bed. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Or the baby might sleep well and everyone else gets up that night instead. That's right. And I feel like I always, like my first two were good 
they were great sleepers. They're all pretty good sleepers, but I feel like at this stage there is always one who is one's either wet the bed or one's having a nightmare or one's gotten out of bed. I, every single night there's always something. Plus, uh, yeah, I'm, I feel you. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure I'll miss it one day, right? Keep telling myself yeah, that. Yeah, everyone's like treasure the moments. Yeah, okay. So what should all mums know about exercising post-body, regardless of yeah. how old their baby is? Yes, absolutely, because we all know, like, if we had a pop quiz, like, what's postpartum? Yeah. It's forever. Well done, guys. Gold star. Yeah. yeah. Like we said, don't rush it. Like, don't compare it to anyone else's journey because it's so different for each woman. So that six-week check, we have that little myth out there around, oh, I can't wait for my six-week check because then I get the all clear to return to exercise. And I see so often as a fitness professional, like, and on social media as well, yep. oh, I've had my six-week check so now I can get back into doing X, Y or Z. They're doing burp- now, burpees with weights yeah, and stuff. Or yeah, or running 12Ks <laughs> or like, yeah, it's yep. crazy. And you can actually return to like appropriate exercise really soon after birth if you're, you know, in that early stage of motherhood. But the key word there is appropriate exercise. And yeah. so once you've had babe, this is things like, you know, pelvic floor activations, like, breathing, activating and connecting to your transverse abdominis and, you know, short duration, easy terrain walking. So really basic stuff in those early stages. And then like, you know, if, you, if you're if you keen on running at a minimum, I would generally say six months is my recommendation. But yeah. if you're a diehard runner, and nothing earlier than three months, but you need to link in with the right health, um, the allied health professional. So that six-week check with your GP or your obstetrician, it's going to be about how's your mental health have you got good support? And then what are you doing for contraception, right? And if you're six weeks postpartum, then you're probably going, well, not, e- you're not even going there. <laughs> you're not even thinking about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what there should be is there should be like a mandatory and essential checkup for women to see a women's um, health and continence physiotherapist who are yeah. experts in all things pelvic floor, continence, all things to do with our lady parts. Yes. And because I feel like some people just do not even entertain the thought of going there and they just they just get on with it and they just, you know, they live with incontinence issues forever. Yeah, absolutely. People don't even know like that, that, that this occupation exists and what it is or where to turn and so... And they just think it's... No- they're sorry to cut you off. They just think... Yeah. I, I've got a girlfriend who just thought it was normal that she just wet herself all the time after having her second child. And I was like, oh, God, I, like you can absolutely get that fixed. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's one of these things that we kind of accept as a mum. Like once we've had... Okay, well, this is just what happens when you're a mum. You, you might wet your pants a little bit or, you know, you can't run anymore or yep. you might have trouble, you know, using a tampon, things like that. And it's not... It's super common, but it's not normal and there is help available. So there's hormonal changes that go on during pregnancy and then they are still in our body postpartum like up to six months for that relaxing, that hormone that's responsible for loosening like the fibrous and connective tissues as well as if we're breastfeeding, that mimics menopause. It decreases the estrogen levels, which is why there's vaginal dryness and it yep. can hurt like, painful intercourse and things like that. So as far as like if you exercise and or if you run or jump or laugh or cough or sneeze and you um, leak a little bit of urine that's called stress incontinence and that actually one in three women who have had a baby will experience urinary incontinence so can you get it if you've had a c-section or is it mainly for vaginal yeah absolutely so when we talk about pelvic floor dysfunction there's um, incontinence so it's stress which is we laugh cough jump sneeze run and you leak some urine urge or overflow incontinence where you can't you know, can't get your key in the door quick enough to go to the toilet. Yeah, it comes um, out. 
Yeah, and then prolapse, which we can talk about some more. But if you have a cesarean section, you are still at risk of pelvic floor dysfunction, whether that's pelvic organ prolapse or incontinence, because it's actually that 40 weeks of carrying the pregnancy it's the that pressure, can do right? the damage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. stretching and um, weakening, like in, you know, affecting the integrity of that pelvic floor and your abdominals. That's the thing that puts the load on the pelvic floor. Yep. And then if you do have a cesarean section, whether it be planned or emergency, what that ultimately takes out of the equation is the risk of having a third or fourth degree tear or assisted delivery, like the use of forceps. So yes. it eliminates some risk factors that contribute to pelvic organ prolapse. But it's, just because you've had a cesarean section doesn't mean you're going to be immune to incontinence or other. I don't have bladder prolapse or anything like that, but I do actually have some girlfriends who have, you know, and they vary from different stages. Is Mm. that something that can be rectified? I know, I know if it's really, really quite bad, it's sometimes they need surgery, but like I've got a girlfriend at the moment who has like a stage three prolapse and she Mm. is pregnant with her second. Will her next pregnancy essentially make it worse? Great question. I, like I said, mother of three, three unmedicated vaginal deliveries and mild pelvic organ prolapse. So, and my occupation and the way that I train, like the actual decision to have a third baby, it was always going to happen, but there was such a fear factor around what is my vagina, my pelvic floor going to be like if I carry another pregnancy and give birth to another another baby, especially if it's nine pound again. Oh gosh. Yep. And so for your so pelvic organ prolapse, it's, it happens when the muscles and tissues um, supporting the pelvic organs, like the uterus, bladder, rectum, they become weak or loose and that allows yeah. one or more of the organs to to drop down or press out into the vagina for those of us who aren't actually sure or are hearing this for the first time. And it sounds scary yep. and there's a few different types and as you, as you mentioned, there's various grades of prolapse as well and you can often have more than one type at the same time. Gotcha. Now, you, you can actually, it's more about actually improving the symptoms of the prolapse rather than changing the grade of it. Yep. Um, particularly if it's in, you know, like a, a grade three or four, that's often when it's a little bit more extreme stages yeah. of that. So you can definitely improve the symptoms. You can improve the heaviness that might be felt in the vagina or if there's any assistance that needs to be given during bowel movements or when urinating. But when you're when you have a prolapse and you're carrying a pregnancy, it's so hard because because of the hormones in the body, you're carrying the extra load. So the sim- you're going to be more symptomatic. You're going yeah. to be more aware of how it feels. Yep. So for those listening and for your friend, I would recommend like horizontal rest, like as much as possible. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, like eating eating as well as you can. Things like managing like a he- healthy weight gain, not yeah. doing high impact activity. So she'll probably feel worse during her pregnancy. And, what's going to be really important in those early postnatal weeks is can she can she get horizontal rest as much as she can during yeah. the day because gravity right she's going to get further along in her pregnancy and that weight mm. is going to put like it's going to just bear down more isn't it yeah, uh, yeah absolutely yeah, poor thing. so 100% like women's health physios can help with it. they're the eyes on the inside they can do internal assessments to see what's going on with your organs, if there's yeah. any um, prolapse there, the strength um, and the function of your pelvic floor, if you're actually doing pelvic floor exercises properly because so many of us um, yeah, I know. don't. Squeezing their butt cheeks. Yeah, like I think I say to my um, trainers who do my course, I say if you think about how many people do a squat for the first time and how does that actually look, are they doing it properly? And then you think about coaching someone to do a um, Kegel or a pelvic floor exercise activation they're the ones that can see via ultrasound or by feeling internally. And there's help available. Like you can use things like pessaries, which are basically an ankle brace for your vagina, I suppose. And yep. most women's health physios would try and avoid surgery at all costs and, and try and manage it through pelvic floor therapy. So after you've had your third, 
what like is there things that you can do to help like rebuild the muscle and stuff around that is that is that kind of because it's not really a muscle is it it's like the tissue that's come loose from the wall is that right yeah yeah well, it is I suppose yeah that's like a hammock to support yeah um, those and yeah and if there's sometimes babies can tear part of the structure that connects that to the pubic bone or pelvis like coming out of um, as well at birth so you can yeah things like pelvic floor activations they're going to be the key but then you also need to incorporate functional exercise as well so breathing making sure you're actually doing proper pelvic floor movements and that's in terms of like short pulses longer holds because you think about if you train exercise you train for like strength or cardio or endurance it's the same as your pelvic floor it is a muscle yep yeah, we want it. To, it's not so much being having a strong pelvic floor, but having a functional pelvic floor because you can also have hypertonic, which is like that tight, overactive pelvic floor. Yeah, and things like painful pain when intercourse and inserting a tampon or like on a vaginal exam or pelvic pain. That's it's so interesting because I remember after I had Bobby, I. I don't know. I I used to make jokes about it, saying that like my G spot went missing, because after I had Bobby, sex was truly painful for me. Like, it was sorry, it wasn't painful. Like I wasn't crying after it, but yeah. it was absolutely not enjoyable. And mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. Even after I'd had Kobe, wasn't that enjoyable. And then it, it, I think, I think because my recovery with Kobe was so much longer. It took me about a whole year of after being postpartum to finally yeah. get, I guess, my groove back and to start yeah. enjoying it and for it to not hurt. Like, yeah, I don't want to talk about the sex positions that I would get into, <laughs> but all of my favourite sex positions all of a sudden hurt. Yeah. And that's, I guess that's part of being postpartum as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. And we like... Were you breastfeeding at the time, or was it for a chunk of that time? Yeah, or? yeah. And I think the th- I think for me, because I I had a baby and then I breastfed, and then by the time I'd stopped breastfeeding, I was pregnant again. And yeah. then yeah, so I was all I feel like for f- six years I've just I've either been pregnant or breastfeeding. With Bobby, I only did a couple of weeks or three months or something, and then I switched the bottle. But I just. Yeah, it's just it's crazy the amount of yeah. changes that your body goes through and how different it becomes. Absolutely. And painful sex isn't normal. We shouldn't accept it. And it could be like overactive pelvic floor or if you are breastfeeding, it could be because of the decreased estrogen levels. So oh. you need to get a good quality lube to help with that. Oh, or, lube has you know, changed like, my yeah. life. I don't know yeah. how I even I don't even know how I ever used to have sex without it. I feel like ever since I've become a mum, I have lube all the time and I never used yeah. to, but I just Oh God, sometimes I'm the Sahara Desert down there. It's yeah. like my body just doesn't create it. Even when I'm horny, I'm like, why am I dry? What's going and- on? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, oh lots, of, lots of weird hormones going yeah, on down there. absolutely. Okay, so when I get my period, mm. I get this feeling in my vagina, right? It, yeah. it, it's like the heaviest it's like a po- it's like I'm pregnant without a child but you know when you're pregnant you have that pressure that sits on your vagina and yeah. you kind of walk like you waddle you get the waddle and it's and it it feels heavy and swollen that is what I now deal with every single month so yeah. I don't know if I've completely segued into a topic no. that you're not a, <laughs> that you're not across but like I have never experienced, and I've what I've noticed is that with each kid, it's gotten worse. So yeah. now with 
with Kobe, when I get my period, the first couple of hours of when I get it, I'm okay. By the end of the day, I can't even stand up for long periods of time. So I'll be pumping Nurofen and uh, Naprogesic or whatever just to kind of take the edge off. But it's like it's the it's the weirdest thing and I don't know whether I need to go and see a women's health lady or or yeah. if it's or if that's normal or if it's not normal. Yeah. I know, I know. And great question. And this is why we need to talk about it, right? Because like we've all got a pelvic floor. Most of us listening have had kids. Like this is the stuff we need to talk about with yeah. our girlfriends or our mums or our like, you know, female relatives and kind of just change the dialogue and open the conversation, which is what we're doing today, to like, okay, is this normal? Yeah. What absolutely. can I do about it? Because often you can like motherhood can as it can also be isolating. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so I would typically say like the heaviness, any kind of dragging feeling like through your vagina or your rectum, like a bulge, that's typically a symptom of some some type of prolapse. prolapse it doesn't mean yeah. that that's what you have. But typically if women feel like a heaviness through their vagina and stuff, that's that would be a symptom of, of prolapse along with like air trapping or water trapping, like if you get out of the pool or the bath or the water and like you know, there's a little bit of like water leaking out a little while later. That can be a sign of it as well. Could you? It's, um, it's only when I'm on my period. Yeah, and, and because that, that's the thing. So women can be symptomatic, and like pelvic organ prolapse is only really a problem. It's not so much about the grade of prolapse, but how how how, much, how symptomatic like is the woman? Like how how is it impacting her quality of life? Yes. Um, rather than what what grade is it? Like whether it's a one, two, three, or four, or whatever. Yep. And so for me, like when I'm ovulating that's the time when I need to change my training because for me that's when I feel the heaviest. Oh, really? When you ovulate? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, that's so interesting. That's for me. So it just depends on like the time of your cycle. Yep. Yeah, and so some women might be yeah, more symptomatic when they're period or when they're ovulating and, and things like that. And is there anything you can do about it or not really? It's, yeah, just managing it yeah. really. But then Lots. getting a baseline to understand if there is something actually Going there. on, yeah. Yeah, probably go and see women's health physio like, when you're not on your period. Yeah. Um, I'm, not sure. yeah I'm not sure. I'm not, I actually don't know if, yeah, if they, they probably would because they're wonderful like that. Yeah. So, well, I feel like it's getting worse. And so mm. I definitely want to, I guess, do a little bit of further investigating. And if yeah. the, if it is, you know, uh, organ prolapse or whatnot and it's yeah. just something that I do need to mm-hmm. take into consideration every, you know, that time of the month, then maybe I yeah. will just, I don't know. Things sh- like, you know, trying not to lift the kids as much as possible yeah. like, during that time, you know, like the repetitive heavy lifting or like on your feet as much or just if you're going for your walks, like decreasing the duration that you're going for. Or- yeah. Yeah. So what is, what's PFD? So that's pelvic floor dysfunction. So that's things like what we've talked about is like incontinence or pelvic organ prolapse. And so stress incontinence is pretty obvious. It's when you leak on certain activities and maybe if you're experiencing that, like you run to the toilet if you see skipping programmed, like in your favourite F45 workout or whatever it may be. And just because you have any of these things or you think you might, but you haven't actually seen a professional before to know like if you do, it doesn't mean you have to stop training or exercising in a way that you enjoy like if you love running or if you love f45 or crossfit or group training or walking or whatever it is it's just yep. about um it's there was more some red flags it's okay well maybe i need to like modify and re- rebuild as such rather than um just giving up completely yeah of course okay so what do you think are the top like i guess what are the top tips for finding fitness as a new mom or even somebody in pregnancy or something like that is it is it finding a a trainer who specializes in postpartum fitness or 
what yes we, yeah yeah uh, for, like firstly like don't be embarrassed because you're not alone like if you come back to the stats like one in three women will experience urinary incontinence and about 50 percent will have some degree of prolapse throughout their postpartum journey which is forever so it is a team approach and there's barriers to seeing women's health physios whether it's like a financial thing that maybe they're not in the area maybe it's like a belief system like handed down through generations this I'm a mum this is what I'm dealing with this is what you just have to deal with now Yeah. yeah so absolutely if you have anything sort of prompted you to think about this today you yeah. have a look, like go to your, call your local practice and be like, hey, do you have a continence or um, women's health physio specialist there? And they've done, a, they're a physio and they've done a postgrad in this topic. In addition to, or, you know, instead of making sure you actually seek out a certified trainer in this, because not all um, fitness trainers are created equal. And yeah, you want to make sure that you're doing exercise that's appropriate to your journey and your unique birth story, not I, just. I feel like having a female trainer would be so much better as yeah. well. Even one that's been a mum, because I just feel like, not not to disrespect any male trainers mm-hmm. out there, but I just, you know, when you've experienced birth and you know what it feels like, you know, your body parts trying to recoup and go back yeah. into their right places, it helps to have somebody who's probably a little bit more gentle and nurturing in that respect. Absolutely. Like you guys might have learnt more today than what, you know, people learn in their Cert 3 and 4 of personal training. So yes. on my website you can actually look at for certified trainers across Australia to oh, do nice. online and face-to-face stuff. So if you're looking, you know, lots of gyms put their um, staff through it, which is amazing because they're going to help you get back on track um, the right way. And, again, I think that whole experience doesn't make you an expert. So I always say that, you know, just because someone is a you know, you jumped out of a plane, doesn't mean yeah. you go, cool, Amy, let's go parachuting or yeah, whatever yeah. it's called, skydiving. Like I can show you how to do it. So, you know, often you'll see mums who like fitness go through that and then they're throwing out workouts there, hey, I'm doing this or even personal trainers who go through it but aren't necessarily have background knowledge and experience in it but are in this position of influence, I suppose. It can sometimes, yeah, too much too soon or doing the inappropriate thing for your journey cannot be the best yeah. thing. So, yeah, find the right people to help you through. So what is it that you specifically do? Are you someone that are... So, yeah, since becoming a mum, all now online. Yep. Um, and so I help basically educate and empower mums or fitness yep. professionals working with mums to find, you know, a way that they enjoy and move safely and effectively. So I have online um, programs that can be done for pregnancy and postpartum as well as educating professionals in the fitness space about working with all the wonderful mums out there. Yes. But all the, you know, all of this stuff they need to know. So do you so work that they can... do you work with trainers like PTs? Yeah, yeah, uh, I do. And so you can give them ideas on movements and types of exercise that are going to be really beneficial for new mums. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't mean like you have to this is why I specialise in this area because I don't want to sit on a football and do two kilo bicep curls. Yeah. That's not a way that, you know, like if we want to exercise, we need to move in a way that we enjoy because yeah. otherwise we're not going to stick to it right. Exactly right. Um, and it, yes, that has it, its time and place, yeah. but you can, you can still exercise in a way that you enjoy or that you did before ha- becoming a mum. Yep. Um, it's just about getting there in the timely manner that suits you. And baby steps to get there. Yeah, absolutely. And then you've got like a balance cycle. Is that got to do with nutrition as well? Yeah, and so I think like you mentioned before, like third time around you focused more on your nutrition yeah, and things and how you felt better because of that. So um, if you're listing and you go, I have these goals that I want to reach and I'm going to the gym five times a week but I'm not 
quite, you know, tick getting there. It comes down to like the way we move, the way we eat, the way we sleep and the way we think. Like that it, it goes in these cycles. So if we're not we're getting enough quality and quantity of sleep, it's going to impact our mental health, um, our energy and motivation and drive to find time to exercise, our food choices, like bringing the sugar, the caffeine, the wine. Sleep is killer. Like mm, if yeah. I'm in a, like a sleep regression, I'm always a glass half full chick and I'm pretty happy, outgoing, positive, yada. You throw a sleep regression at me and I, I'm a fire breathing dragon and I'm, I'm eating ice cream for breakfast. I'm not in yeah. a good headspace. Yeah. So it definitely, they all definitely go hand in hand, don't they? Yeah, 100%. And I think it's just important to be aware of that and just yeah, as a mum to find your fitness or like your love it's so hard to find time to exercise, right? Especially if you're sleep deprived or you're not yep. eating well and fueling your body. So that's why I would say if, if you want to, you know, kickstart your exercise routine or, you know, work smarter, not harder, like move in a way that you enjoy, focus on that quality over quantity because like 20 minutes as a mum is fantastic and consistency yes. is going to be key and like every little bit counts. Oh, I remember in between Charlie and Bobby, I was like, I need to do something because I was just so tired. She used to feed like every an hour and 45 minutes because she was a bit, she came early and I was so <laughs> sleep deprived, but I also was like, I'm not moving my body at all. And so mm. I, I remember I used to Google like Zumba classes on like YouTube or I would just do like little dancing workouts in my lounge room. I love yeah. to dance. So I found something that helped me to move my body in a way that I enjoyed, which I I think I guess is the key message, right? You just yeah, one hundred percent. Do what makes you happy, and then whilst also you know reaping benefits of it. I know, and it can be hard to like get that tunnel vision as well. Like, oh, I can't get out of the house, or I have to do this. And for my big thing, it was I love getting up before the kids and having that time just for me, and then I can start the day and not be a dragon lady. Yeah. What but time do you get you, up? I, I can't. My, I'm still up twice a night to. Oh, you can't get up baby. super early now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I might every now and then, but if I don't, I'm then like chasing. Where am I going to fit it in yeah. during the day? So yeah. you're like following a program, like how you would, you know, searching for your dance workouts or, yep. you know, there's so many great programs out there. I've also got a little 14 day fitness one that you can do at home. Like it just helps keep you accountable and motivated and on track. And then if you do need to get away from the kids, like use creche and don't feel bad about doing it. Or, oh, absolutely not. Know? So that 14, the 14 day thing that you have, is that just yes. a little ho- a workout that you can do at home? So I actually created it when I was in self-isolation after getting back from America right before the last two years she hit the fan. Yep. Yeah, and it's 14 days of achievable bite-sized at-home workouts like designed to help you find that momentum and like motivation to move again because it's hard to start again. It is hard. And then so basically yeah. you do those th- those 14 days and then you can just, well, you'll remember them always, right? So then you can yeah, just Yeah, well, cont- they're there. Yeah, yeah, whether you do them okay. like 14 days in a row or whether you do every second day, like they're 8 to 20-minute workouts depending on the time and energy you have available because that's going to change every day, right? Is doing an 8-minute workout like I know they always say eight minutes is better than nothing, but mm-hmm. is it? Yeah, because I think you have to think about like the, the mental aspect of physical activity as well. And, yeah, um, you know, like it's you're so, I don't know, this third time into my postnatal journey, like I've been broken. Like first time oh. I was like, oh, if I oh. can have a baby, I, I can feel do anything. You. I feel I'm you. I'm like, yeah, you know, like I was like throw anything at me. I'm like. Wait till it starts walking. You know, what? right? Yeah, oh God. <laughs> it's a whole other level. <laughs> it's a whole other level. And then like now I'm just broken. Like you just, mm. so 
you know, if you can get eight minutes to yourself to move, yeah. you, generally you're going to keep going for the next and do 20 minutes, you know, or if you haven't, then at least you've done something. So if anything, it's just that mental well-being. And, and then, it, like I said, like consistency is what is going to breed success and get you closer to your goals. And it's so true. Like I, I feel like I miss the exercise gene. I just, I despise exercising. But when <laughs> I do do it. I can help you change that. Yeah, please. I just, <laughs> I need to be held accountable. That's my biggest problem. I join, I join, I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this, but there's no one there to like egg me on, cheer me on. So I'm like, oh, I'll do it later and then never do it. But I do know that when I was in lockdown, actually, I actually started doing these little home workouts. Like I would just Google them somewhere or I, don't, I can't even remember where I found them, but they were like 12 minutes. And I, 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 I really got into a really great routine of just doing them every single morning in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I've fallen off the bandwagon there as well. But what I was trying to say was that after I would, I would never want to, but then after I would do them, I would feel so good like it yeah. obviously the endorphins you know what they get you get after exercising and stuff it definitely pays dividends to move your body I, I 100% and I even know. if you just go okay I'm going to do one round and see how I feel and then you're all right cool let's just keep going um and then I suppose like just bringing it back to that whole pelvic floor stuff around yep. you know if you have a bit of incontinence or if you're feeling symptomatic Sometimes women stop exercising altogether because they're so scared they're going to make things worse or they don't know what is appropriate for them. And, safe, um, yeah. and that's where things like like my programs or finding a trainer who knows this stuff or working with a women's health physio can help empower you to like, you know, keep moving your body because we need to do that forever. Absolutely. My mum's like in her 60s and ev- for as long as I've ever been her daughter she has always gotten up every morning well I think four times a week or four or five yeah. times a week and she goes for a walk and yeah, so I've amazing. always just known her to do that which it, I, I was like oh my god even in winter like it'll be like four degrees and she'll get up yeah. and I was like why but it's so routine for her now and she's like because I yeah. I need to I always want to get up and move my body I think especially if you're sitting at a work desk and stuff like that yeah and then I think like you know you have that perception and memory of your mum like kids like they pick up everything like we have a great little gym space at home and yesterday like my son's been seeing his dad go out and do it after he finishes like work and stuff of night yeah. oh I'm gonna do a workout with you in the morning and with dad at night like they they start to see these things and I don't want my kids to look at exercise as a chore like because I've yeah. done that before and it's it's really hard when you're like, oh, I, you know, yeah. like I get to, I get to move my body, not oh, I have to move. My yeah, body. you got to shift your thinking. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, what I'll do for all again, rookie podcaster, but what I'll do is I'll put, <laughs> I'll put down a little blurb about you, and I'll put down all the online programs that you offer. Yes, because I think there'll be a bunch of women out there who will be, you know, interested. Especially, I'm even interested in the 14 day fitness challenge. That sounds right up my alley. 14 days <laughs> is like an achievable goal for me to. Yeah. Say. Like all these eight-week courses piss off. I'm never going to stick to them. Whereas 14 no. days, like hopefully I get to the end of the 14 days and I'm feeling so rejuvenated that I'm like, I want to push on. Yeah, and they don't have to be like consecutive, but hey, if they are, that's even better. That's the idea. E- if you don't, then you yeah. don't beat yourself up about it. Yeah. Well, hopefully I get to a point where I'm in almost some sort of little routine and eight to, you know, 12, 15, even if I can do 15, I can absolutely do 15 minutes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Okay. So what I'll do is I'll put them all in the little show notes down in the podcast doobie whacker thing (laughs) and then people can go and have a look and stuff and if they, you know, are needing a little bit of help or 
some things, a bit of structure around stuff, I'm sure it will be really, really beneficial for those, you know, new mums, postpartum mums, two-year postpartum mums like me. Yeah, 20 years. 20 yeah, my, year I, postpartum mums. The questions mums. I ask my mum, now that I'm a mum myself, my mum's 60, early 60s, yeah. I'm like, mum. And she's like, Brooke, like you don't. And I was like, no, we need, you know, go and see women's health. Like, you know, I'm yeah. helping her through her own stuff. So, oh, again, yeah, my inbox, my DMs, like they're always open. Um, Beautiful. So, yeah. If yeah. you have any curly questions or whatever, let me know. Oh, I'm sure people will appreciate that so much. I hope it does help open a bit of dialogue for, you know, some mums out there. And I'm a huge advocate for speaking up and talking about it and normalising it because motherhood is it's a, it's a, it's a wild ride. And, yeah, the more you open up and the more you share and the more you, you know, I guess be vulnerable the more other people open up and the more yeah. you realise, oh, shit, actually we're all in this together. We're all battling the same things just in different yeah. levels and stages. And so, yeah, I think talking about it and, yeah, opening up about it is the best thing you can do. So, Yeah, well, thank you so much thank- for helping keep the conversation going about it. Oh, my gosh, thank um, you yeah, so much. And I will put all of Brooke's details down for all the listeners and we'll go from there. Perfect. Thanks so much, Legend. Amy, and thanks. thanks, guys. Thanks, Brooke. See you later. Bye. Bye. Okay. She is very clever. She's a wealth of knowledge. Please don't hesitate to reach out to her. She helped me along the way when I was doing the M Seller chair, and she reached out um, and actually gave me some tips and stuff with pelvic floor and ab separation. And she's just so kind and so lovely, and she's like a wealth of knowledge. So, and she can point you in the direction of really good trainers wherever you are in Australia. There's a happy, healthy pregnancy ebook for all the mama bears that are carrying little fetuses. She has a very gentle approach and it, it's for me it seems like an approach that will last and that you can continue not as opposed to doing like an eight-week challenge and then falling off the bad wagon as soon as it's finished. I know that majority of the people that listen to this podcast are mums and as I've learnt today, we are forever postpartum. So if you do have any issues with incontinence or pelvic floor issues or you just can't find some exercise that's really vibing with your lifestyle, I hope that this episode has been informative. That's us done for today. Thanks again. Love you all.